Welcome back to the Shufflin's blog. Today I have Sterling Torres here and she's going to give us a little bit more into our mindful moments segment. So I'm super excited to be interviewing her. And before we get started, I just want to pass it off to her. And if you want to just give us a little bit more about yourself, Sterling. Hi everyone, my name is Sterling. I live out here in Las Vegas and I'm 26. Amazing. So just to get right into the questions, um, this is something obviously I think a lot of people would love to know is how long have you been shuffling and what exactly influenced your journey to start shuffling? Cool. Um, well, I learned how to do the simple running man back when Party Rock came out. I know it's cringy to even admit that, but that oh was- Oh my gosh, it's amazing though. <laughs> it's still a gateway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what is shuffling? And then I discovered the underground um, in 2013 or 14, oh, whatever year that came out. But I didn't start taking shuffling seriously until 2016. And what really sparked that was Elena Cruz, like surprise, surprise, I found her. And then obviously I was just immediately obsessed with her. And then I ended up meeting her at an expo um, while she was working it. And then I went into the bathroom with one of my best friends and I was like, we're going to learn how to shuffle. And that's that. And then oh, that's right, amazing. getting to know Elena and like having her be one of like my friends and she knows us all the time. I feel like I like hype her up too much where I'm like fangirling. Um, but yeah, it's the way that she moves. And then obviously like through knowing Elena and following her, I uh, stumbled upon Vance Echo and she was one of those expanders for me as well. For sure, that's awesome. And now I see that you kind of have a wide range of shufflers that you've either collabs with or um, you get to see because you're so lucky, you're so close to LA, which I feel like all the shufflers are all out in that in that area so you can often like meet and like interact with so many shufflers down there yeah it's nice to live in vegas because i personally looking back now how much i wanted to move to california now i'm like no way i would not go back there at all i would only come to visit here and there but i get to be in vegas where i'm really secluded and isolated and i like my space <laughs> yeah for sure because it's if you wanted to drive to la it's like what about three four hours yeah it's like a four hours maybe less Okay, so like if you want to be like, you know, throwing yourself into the action of things, like you can always like drive there too, or like flying is probably um, yeah. pretty fast, but I feel like it's nice to kind of be in your element and like in your area and not so bombarded because a lot of people have told me LA is a very hectic place. Intense. It's very yeah. intense. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been, but I'd love to check it out. Oh, you've never been? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'd love to go. I mean, um, I think shuffling as a whole, like because so much of it comes from California and the development, especially in the shuffling and the shapes realm. I feel like there's been so much progression in that area and so many um, I want to say longtime shufflers reside there. So mm. it's just an interesting mix and environment for sure. So, Definitely. yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your footwork classes. How long have you been instructing and what exactly made you want to start instructing? So I started instructing this year, a week before COVID like lockdown happened. Honestly, when I was personal training when I was coaching um, it just I don't know like teaching just always sat really well with me always it's always been something that I wanted to do I've always wanted to 
guide people to, you know, something that was going to help them make, you know, make themselves feel better. I wanted to be a social worker, then a psychologist, and then I became a personal trainer. And those things all still really sit well with me. It's just not the thing that I feel like the most aligned with right now. And when I thought about teaching footwork classes, I <clears throat> there's a part of me that felt I wasn't equipped, right? Because, you know, all of the credentials that we would need to be a shuffle cutting shapes instructor. Um, there's a lot of respect that goes into that culture. So all of those things really ran through my head. But I knew that I have the capabilities to be an instructor, to tell someone how to do a move based on my knowledge with personal training and just my experience. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I love teaching and I, I don't know, I don't ever really doubt myself in that area. That's awesome. So you've always had kind of like a life calling towards teaching, you would say, because I know you said you were personal training before as well, too. So instruction has always been like a big part of your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel really good when I'm there, when I'm in that space. That's awesome. I feel like when we're kind of more in our own personal alignment too, like when you're just doing things that feel right and feel good, I think others that you're helping as well feel that same type of purpose in what you're doing so i mean i can see it i definitely um i started noticing when you were posting about your workshops and it really sucks about the timing because i know it's been definitely a an interesting year for teachers having to try and recollect and now have to do things either online or with smaller class sizes so yeah i just canceled my last my last one it was supposed to be last week i was so sad but oh, so you, you guys, did you guys go into like more restrictions? Is that why? Or was it getting really bad? Yeah, I just wasn't sure because they switched the restrictions to you have to have the mask on throughout in, in class, even with the six feet apart and stuff. And I understand that. Absolutely. But I just wasn't sure how people were going to respond with having a mask on during shuffling. You know, that's like suffocating. Yeah. And I can attest to that because I know when we had the restrictions here, I mean, now we're in full blown lockdown, but when I was in the studio, I had to wear like a face shield and like a mask and everything. And it's very restrictive when you're trying to dance. So yeah. I definitely feel that it's, I'm sure the timing will be right once everything settles with the pandemic and hoping that maybe 2021 will bring better times for instructors for sure. Yeah. So I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, your fitness coaching, um, you were doing personal training prior to becoming a shuffle instructor, or you call it a footwork instructor, right? Because you tend to um, incorporate lots of realms of different types of movement. Um, how has this impacted your approach to teaching, having that knowledge and that background in personal training and coaching? Oh, I just touched on Sorry. That's okay. I got a little bit ahead of myself. Um, yeah, so with training people, I was doing group trainings too, so it was already kind of in the same, like it looked so similar already, just telling people, like it's just different um, different methods um, in terms of approach with dancing versus actually training. Um, but I feel like it's impacted so positively on my teaching capabilities because um, not only do I get to understand the how to explain the actual movements and understand the culture, but I'm also able to understand like the and the anatomy of how to incorporate those moves. Um, so I definitely think it's helped and it allows me to be more detailed with my students. For sure, for sure. Cause I think having just a knowledge of anatomy and like what muscle to use in which instance is super helpful. And would you say um, 
there are more benefits to being um, a shuffle instructor versus just personal training? Like, what are the differences you find? Like, is there something more artistic about it or expressive? Um, it's hard to compare. With training, you would need less people, obviously, so that you can keep up with them and be more intimate. But with training, there's a the benefit of being creative because when you're, let's say you're coaching at a gym, there's things that you can't utilize. So you have to get creative with your workouts, with your groups, uh, with your group of students. And the same thing with teaching and instructing is you just want to go with an intention of what you want to incorporate for that class and what you want to leave them um, when they walk out of the class. So yeah, getting creative is, is definitely the basis. That's awesome. For sure, because I feel like um, I've noticed that like there's also been other instructors that popped up that have the training background. So it's interesting to see like how the two kind of go hand in hand and how the benefits of even working out apply to shuffling. Like, I mean, I feel like even just telling your students specific types of workouts or exercises that will assist in their shuffling process too is yeah. probably helpful as well, right? Because strengthening stamina, I feel like it all comes into play when you're personal training as well. Absolutely, yeah, there would be, yeah, there's specifics to it. I, I feel like there's a, there's certain specific training methodologies that will directly benefit just shuffling and cutting shapes. And like off the top of your head, like what would be like the number one exercise you feel like people need? Anything high intense. So what I was doing during quarantine was plyometric training and it's just, um, it's just using your body for one um, and you use your stamina and your agility to change um, direction, your agility, increasing your agility with plyometrics so that when you're shuffling, you can change and you can change your movements a lot faster. Oh, okay. And this is called plyometrics, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Plyometrics. Uh, so definitely if you're watching this, look up plyometrics. <laughs> yes, get <laughs> well, on you, it. Have you ever done like a video on something like this or? Yeah, when I was, uh, so when, before I had really decided to um, take a pause on personal training, I was sending my email list. If anybody wants to subscribe to my email list, they're still coming in. Um, just tra training, like free training, uh, training days for plyos. Oh, that's super awesome. So that way people can incorporate that into, you know, their fitness regimen and then in turn help their shuffling as a whole. Yeah. Because I think that so often, um, at least I get this a lot with my students, is that they think that shuffling is the on only training that they need, um, especially if they're shuffling a lot or on a regular basis. So I think education on, you know, what exercises or what you can be doing in the fitness realm is important because it really truly affects the strength of your ability. Yeah. Yeah, and like stretching and, you know, doing a, a proper cool down, a proper warm up, just everything to maintain the integrity of your life. Yeah, for sure. I think stretching is a big one too, because often people just think like they can, you know, practice at such a high intensity and then, you know, not stretch or cool down or anything. And then you'll get like either sore or tense or like you don't want to practice the rest of the week because you're in so much pain. So yeah, I yeah, like stretching is a big one for sure. I think yoga too is a great practice. I see yoga. a lot of shufflers do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I just don't understand how before I would never have a proper stretch. Like stretching is like, 
the biggest thing to just stay healthy in general but with shuffling like there's no way that you would be able to stay a healthy in, uh, individual if you continuously don't stretch before and after i am in total agreement and i think coming from someone who you probably are shuffling often i would say probably on a daily basis right yeah so do you notice when you're not stretching and when you're not taking that time for self-care for your body yeah yeah there's times where i i just i know that i hadn't stretched in a couple of days and i would i would tell myself that i can't shuffle that day and i just need to spend that whole hour just stretching because if i don't like there's you can tell too that there's like areas around your body like let's say you're cutting shapes this day your the muscles around your knees are so tense and then let's say you're just like shuffling then like your hips like your hip flexor the joint in your hip yeah there's there's so many things that can happen yeah i think hip flexors are a big one and like anything to do with calves or hamstrings i feel like so often like especially um with cutting shapes intensive footwork i feel like the preciseness and the just like overall like muscle technique that's involved like if you're not stretching you notice such a big difference and it's good that i hear that from you too because often i'll have the same thing where like a couple days go by and i haven't stretched fully or i haven't just like taken that time to rest my body and you just you can't you feel like you can't continue or you can't be there for your for your students as well because you're not like at your 100 percent yeah Absolutely, I felt that. <laughs> yeah, so it's good to hear you say that too. So if you're watching this and you don't stretch, <laughs> you got to get stretching. On. <laughs> so um, I've seen you incorporate meditation on a regular basis, you know, on your socials, or it's just been something I often see you partaking in. Um, when did you begin this practice and what influenced you to do so? Yeah, <clears throat> I love that we're talking about this. This is my favorite part. <laughs> um, so I started, I came across meditation back in 2015. So a couple years back, one of my friends was like, have you ever meditated before? And I was like, what's meditation? And then he showed me and there's like little things that he had like sprinkled upon me that sparked my curiosity. And it wasn't until I finally moved out of my place, my, my parents' place, which felt so liberating, you know, at that age, um, I started to feel a certain feeling that I wouldn't say it was like depression. It was just like a, a, a whole set of emotions. I think I think moving out of, out of your parents' place is a very powerful move in emotional on an emotional level. And so when I moved out, I had no idea what I was going to experience. And I was in my bathtub having like a nice bath, just treating myself to some self care. I started reading The Power of Now and. Ooh, um, such a good book. Oh my god. I'm sure you yeah, no, I'm I've read it. Yeah. <laughs> and it like changed everything as I'm sure it did for so many people. And it just it was my spiritual awakening. And I remember just practicing little things and when I was taking my baths and I was taking my baths every single day, sometimes twice a day, and those were my meditations. And then I just remember at like each day that came by when I started to do these little like increments of meditation, I would start to sob. I was just sobbing like every single session. And I was like getting out of my bathtub with like a my towel and I would just lay on the bath the bathroom floor and just like cry. And like little did I know that I was doing all this healing in my meditation practice. And yeah, like flash forward a couple years later and like I'm not crying as much every, anymore, but <laughs> I'm doing it still. 
Well, I, I feel like sometimes it's necessary too, like with all the built up energy that we experience nowadays. So many things on a regular basis, we're always doing, we're never just like pausing. So I feel like sometimes you need that release and it feels good after, like when you've had a good cry, it feels nice. It feels so good. <laughs> and sometimes, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say that sometimes like there's no reason to cry, but you just need to cry. Like there is a so much power in just releasing and you don't really need to understand why or hold back why and just let it go. I agree because sometimes it's just like a way of your body letting out energy, like whatever is there. Because we have blockages. Sometimes we just need to Sometimes you'll cry and you'll be like, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's funny that you say you meditate in the bath too, because I know that there's a lot of like purifying qualities when it comes to water and just like the cleansing abilities of water. So, yeah. and often I feel like um, when energy is stronger, like I often kind of like follow the moon cycles myself with energy. So I feel like it kind of just heightens your awareness of your meditation often even if you're like meditating in the tub. Mm. I don't know, it's like, I feel like it's a good way to start for someone who's new to meditation as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I love that you keep up with the moon cycles. That's really, that actually, I read one of your captions and I was like, oh yeah, like of course, like why haven't I like focused so much on the moon? And um, yeah, yesterday I was like sobbing so much and I was like, oh, it's a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we feel more, um, we feel the pulling energy more when the moon um, is either in like a full moon or in a new moon phase. So often I'll have so many friends being like, oh, it's a full moon. That's why I feel this way. But it's actually like a real thing because the moon is closer to Earth. Then we're actually experiencing more of a pulling energy because our bodies are made up of 60% water. Mm. So like you can feel like you need to just let something out or like you need to have a good cry or like maybe you feel like you just had like the most wacky day ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's interesting though, um, your meditation practices, like how far they've taken you for sure. Yeah. And now do you do it on a regular basis? I do, yeah, I do it morning and night. Um, I have to have my little routine. It's funny, I have a uh, Chase, he's my significant person and he's the person that needs to wake up, just grab a coffee and gets to work. And I'm the person that needs at least three hours so that I can just, wake up at a calm pace read my book go into meditation and then journal <laughs> that's a really really great habit to have in the morning too because do you find it helps you start your day off on the right note yeah i definitely feel it's it's so benefiting that i love to do it so that when i don't do it i try really hard to not get so caught up in the fact that i haven't done it you know because it is like a dose of mine that it's a practice of mine that I feel, I feel, okay, I've never actually said this to anybody, but I've just felt like um, I do have this like anxiety that I deal with and I don't really, I don't, I don't want to go to like a therapist and like talk through it or whatever, talk about it or like establish that I have anxiety. It's just something that I deal with. I feel like every, I feel like the whole world is, has anxiety, you know, like of it's, course. it's weird that certain people have been diagnosed with anxiety when I feel like a, the whole population has <laughs> experienced anxiety, you know? Yeah, but, as humans for sure. Yeah, so I do feel if I spend like a, like a day without going into my practice, I do feel like this, like I'm losing uh, my center a lot. So yeah, it's really, it's really special. 
That's awesome. So I feel like getting into that practice um, for someone who maybe who hasn't started to meditate, would you say a habit is a good thing to start? Like, you know, set a time in the day where you know you're going to be doing your meditation, whether it's five, 10, 20. I know some people that meditate for an hour, you know, whatever that is. Do you think forming a habit that way is the best way to start doing it? Yeah, I mean, I think if you've never meditated before, I would say the best way for you to start is to just take little moments. Like, let's say you're at the grocery store and you're waiting in line or you're in the car waiting in traffic. Like, any moments where you're like, wow, this is taking forever, that is like a note to be like, oh, yeah, let me just try it right now. Mm-hmm. When you have nothing better to do but sit with your yourself. Yeah. Thoughts. And, and embrace do you find, the moment. Yeah. Do you find sometimes you're easily able to go into a meditative state and others not so much Mm. yeah it gets tricky like let's say that you're around people who don't really know that you go into your practice like I'm sure you deal with this too like there's moments of you don't want people to stop and ask you like what's wrong or what's up and that's funny that's their first instance to ask you what's wrong and all I'm doing is just closing my eyes and just breathing you know, and it sounds, and it sounds like something's wrong. And so, yeah, sometimes it's hard to do it around people that I know or people that are around me, as opposed to me being in my car with Chase, like Chase knows that I do that a lot. Um, So yeah. That's awesome. And I definitely think breathing too, like we get so nervous as humans when we're like, when we hear someone heavy breathing. Yeah. Like That's the best way to kind of start your meditation is just like focus on your breath for sure. So that's that's a really good tip though for sure like those little mindful moments as we call it (laughs) so um kind of going into mindfulness um do you think mindfulness and meditation are interlinked and would you say that you can't have one without the other yeah I would say that um the whole point of meditation is to create mindfulness is to create it's like this muscle you have to build and you know we're not really taught how to build that muscle so when we are in the meditation and let's say that you are having a really hard time relaxing that is your mindfulness you are doing it the right way you are meditating because you're understanding how tense you are and then over time the more mindful you become the more relaxed you can become Mm -hmm. and does it help with your emotional reaction to things oh my gosh yes (laughs) yes and it's still tough because you have these these little things that you've conditioned yourself to and like an environment to react to and for me for instance I'm realizing I'm going through this healing process with my childhood and right now I'm realizing how much of an impulse I have with things um especially with like significant others like Chase (laughs) he loves me so much he deals with my with my impulsiveness um but I'm realizing as I work on my mindfulness and my reaction to the world with people that I'm not so close with like um, like back when I was working and stuff, working on my impulsivity there has helped me so much, but it also has starting to project onto my relationship. And I'm realizing that that part is engraved from when my mom was like fighting with my dad all the time, or when my sisters were fighting with each other all the time. So practicing mindfulness is still a very hard thing to do when you have those, um, that conditioning. Um, so yeah, it's still, it's still difficult, but it's the way for you to, you know, bring awareness to reactions because it still is a muscle you still have to build Mm -hmm. oh speaking of it on like a muscle that's a great way to put it because I feel like your natural reaction to things as humans we have these like built-in conditioning that 
allows us to react a certain way in situations. And I feel like often that gut reaction, it kind of causes sometimes further emotional problems or like it makes you feel like you don't have control over your just body's processes and the way you deal with things in general. So would you say mindfulness like really assists in that as well as just like reducing that level of conditioning so that you can think twice about you know how you react in a situation yeah definitely absolutely yeah 100 percent the mindfulness my yeah um yeah speaking about like the body too if you're able to control i'm not control um if you're able to learn how to understand your reactions and um basically bringing in mindfulness in the moments where you feel the most angry or upset or reactive, you're able to relax your body's chemical process. And yeah, it just brings so much health benefits in in doing that. For sure. Like reducing your stress levels probably is a big one, right? Yeah. I feel like we often feel so much stress because we just deal with situations on autopilot And then that just accumulates and accumulates. And then we just feel like we're just a chaotic mess as opposed to feeling grounded and just like mindful of what's going on around us. Yeah, for sure. So I'm glad you see that as well because I feel like more people even just being exposed exposed to the idea of meditation um, and how it can impact them in, in their regular daily life. And over time, the amount of, benefits that you see overall like it's it's too hard not to ignore for society and that's really why I wanted to talk about this with you too is because I feel like sometimes within the shuffle community there are moments that are very reactive and I feel like just taking that step back no matter what situation you're in would just allow for better communication as a whole and just also like expanding the I guess like the global consciousness right of all of us together that unity couldn't agree more on that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um have meditation and mindfulness impacted your shuffling um what benefits do you see in terms of creativity footwork flow um overall motivation to practice in general um can you speak a little bit more on that i love that question (laughs) Such a pretty question. It makes me think back. The specific time I felt so unworthy and so in my head about shuffling. I just wanted to shuffle and I was like, it was in the beginning stages and I just really wanted to like get a good session and it wasn't happening. And then um, I just told myself, well, what would happen if I just didn't think? I just didn't. I just, you know, just throw myself in there. So what I did was I grabbed a blunt, smoked my J and, or it was a J, it was a J, not a blunt or whatever, not like it matters. <laughs> but I, I smoked and then I just turned up the music in the garage. And then I, all I did was just brought in mindfulness to every step, every running man. And it allowed me to unlock something about myself. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I posted it. I think I posted it. There's this video and like, I'm wearing all red and, I just like unlocked my my flow in that in that day and I realized that I was never supposed to 
look like anybody else and it's like a, it's a natural thing when I say it out loud I realized I felt what it was like to be me on the on the dance floor and that what that only came out of me being mindful about my steps or me being just present with myself in the garage that's awesome I think that so many people are searching for the way to move and often we get too caught up in how everyone else is moving and how you know how their journey is and a lot of the time this leads to either self-consciousness or just like never feeling like you said like you're amounting to your worth and so just taking that step back and I agree I think any type of way of expressing or outlet that you have I mean I live in Canada, so smoking weed is legal, so I'm all for it. Um, I think it's much better than drinking, especially if you're um, a shuffler and you're wanting to get out of your head a little bit. I'm totally with you on that page. And I think just like getting, finding that way to just get out of your head, um, whether you need to force it in the beginning or not, it's totally um, a personal choice. But I think overall, like just having that type of mentality going into a freestyle it probably yeah. makes such a difference. And from there, were you able to apply that consistently or did it take time to be able to find that place? Yeah, it's it took a long time. It's just like the little tiny glimpses that I can catch myself in. And then um, it really just comes back to music. I feel like that's like the best way to go into like your mindfulness and your meditation. Cause when you're, when you're, you know, moving meditation is when you focus on the music and you just let your, you just understand that you're telling a story as a dancer. Like if you want to become a shuffler or a shaper, just understand that what you're trying to figure out what kind of st- storyteller you are on the dance floor. That is such a great way to put it because I've heard other people put it in a way where like they get into almost like this personality or this character as their, um, like that's their like shuffle character, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when you kind of start to create this persona as a dancer, um, it's it's all you, but it's about like shaping and crafting that, um, which will later kind of adapt into your style, right? Because I'm sure that started allowing you to kind of start molding your style because I see like over the past year or so that your, your style has tremendously become your own and you have those qualities of just like developing your style in such a unique way. So would you say, again, that mindfulness practice really helped you with that? Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. Um, do Thank you, you uh, by the way. What? <laughs> Thanks, by the way. Oh, no problem. Honestly, I feel like um, we need to like kind of build each other up more and like talk about, you know, the people that are really putting in the work and it's, it's nice to see those that, I guess, I don't want to say like those who are famous, but the the people who have the larger followings that they're, you know, not just in it for themselves, but they're constantly serving the community and showing others that same path to their own personal journey. And I think that when it comes to like idols in the community, it's really good to follow people that promote this kind of process because we're so often like we have this like end goal as shufflers and I hear this all the time from people who are just learning is that like I want to be like this person and I want to do this but there's so much dedication and work that goes into that right so sharing that process with other people is so important so that they know like oh I'm not just going to be perfect overnight yeah 
yeah and if you want to take it seriously like if you really want to take it seriously it's a really it's painful but it's a beautiful painful like you go through so much so many blockages and it's a really long journey because and you'll see this as you go along your your shuffle cutting shapes journey that you're like this is taking a long a lot much long, long much longer time than i thought it was going to take and like years down the road you'll realize why and it's it's never ending and finding your flow is a whole new experience cuz i think people if people are on are in the process of finding their flow they just don't know it yet because they're so focused focused and fixated on that one person that they want to look like mhm and then once they start to realize that there's individual qualities that they have that are so unique um compared to anyone else in the world um i feel like zoning in on those qualities for yourself and starting to appreciate and show gratitude for your process. I feel like that's so important which again goes back to that mindfulness is like just letting yourself sometimes not think and just zone out. Like I know there's so much thinking involved for most of the learnings of shuffling. Like there's so much that goes into learning the technique and how to freestyle and we're constantly trying to juggle a million things as we're dancing. But there should always be those moments where we freestyle with just no expectations. Yeah. We just go in fully mindful and present and just see what happens with our body and usually you surprise yourself when that happens. Yeah. I've also was going to mention with mindfulness that be- the beautiful thing about practicing mindfulness is that you can bring in, you can introduce a, a personality that you've seen or you've like looked up to and you can bring what that would look like or what that would feel like and bring that into your mindfulness and become that personality but you'll what you actually portray on the outside doesn't look like that personality it just looks different on you and so practicing that mindfulness by looking at someone else's example um that I feel like that's what that's what's helped me develop my flow too is I would take in a little bit of the like the vibe from Elena or a little bit of the vibe from like Van or a little bit of the vibe from like whoever I saw that day um but it would it just became my own because i was doing what felt good for my body and like with mindfulness that's awesome that's really awesome because at the end of the day even if you're channeling like someone else's vibe it's still going to look so different and in, in how you portray it yourself so yeah it still becomes unique when when you do cuz even you know when you're learning a routine or like you're practicing a collab how you do one move and then when you're like working with someone else how they do that same move or their tendency for that move can be like completely different like it may yeah. look completely different on one person versus the other definitely yeah for sure so um i know you meditate um and have incorporated that now into your shuffle workshops as well what has the response been like for people integrating meditation into a shuffle workshop um i think everybody loves it it's been it's been really pretty to i say pretty a lot but i think it's really pretty because <laughs> it's like light um i think it's really pretty to see people enjoy it and really want to be there you know i hosted my the a meditation the first one the meditation in shuffle class i hosted them separately because um i don't i didn't expect people to want to do the meditation from the shuffling but everybody who came to the shuffle class purchased the med- the ticket for meditation and i was like whoa that's i was like everybody everybody's staying for the meditation that's so cool 
That's and really awesome. Yeah, so I, I really love it. It's a little tricky right now for me to consistently do the meditations because, you know, I'm sure you agree too with um, doing meditations are something that's very sacred to both of us and many, many people. So I don't want to make it something that's m like a market, you know, I don't want to take that sacredness away from it. And so I make sure that when I host those meditation classes, I'm like, I've taken care of myself, I've centered myself and I feel like I'm in a good place to guide someone. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love it so far. So it's definitely like aligned with your purpose is kind of bringing that meditation element into people's lives. Yeah, yeah, I really want to provide something for someone, and in order for me to do that, I have to be centered myself and feel completely um, authentic to myself, you know? For sure, because I do agree, you, there's like a nice balance between like doing it because you want to expose people to it, and then that like commercialization as you're talking about, is like you don't want to take that secret element away from it, but at the same time, in order to introduce it to people, you kind of have to like put it in their faces a little bit and be like, this is something important to me. And I feel like it should be important to every single person in the population, right? Like everyone can benefit from it. That's very true. I love that you said that. I've, yeah, I've been, I've been really back and forth about it. That's awesome. And would you say like, do you host the meditation before or after the class? Um, Afterwards, afterwards. Okay. So it's like a nice, like calm ending to yeah, and your blood's pumping, everything's like, it's just easier to feel everything all at once. For sure. So how do you generally lead it? I, I feel like every time I've done it, it's been such a seamless and natural thing because of the intention that I've set in before my meditation starts. And um, I don't know, I just guide it. And I, I have like, I have this knowing of everybody's on the same wavelength. I have to be very in my center because mm -hmm. I feel like I, I feel like I use my empathic energy and powers and um, I'm sure you're an empath too I can yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like being an empath is super helpful when guiding like a group versus just like doing it individually because like you said there's so much more that goes into it when you're trying to kind of read the energy but also make sure that you're in that complete alignment to guide that process because yeah. yeah the last thing you would want to do is be feeling like stressed or frustrated or anything going into something like that so I totally agree I think it's definitely something that comes with just like intuitively knowing and when you're finished the meditation like what would you say like how does it feel like with everyone there and partaking in it it feels incredible. It feels like we left and came back. <laughs> <laughs> Another planet. <laughs> yeah, it feels amazing. I love having people share afterwards what they experienced. Um, not everybody wants to share, but uh, it's beautiful because I think they end up pushing themselves to share and sometimes it gets emotional and it's just a beautiful thing to see someone get emotional because you can just you just know how much they've probably held in and like didn't realize how much they've had to release I've had a I've had a couple friends who I have I've taken them to my little corner where I meditate and um at like parties in the middle of the party you know and um they'll just start to they'll just start to cry and it's it's freaking beautiful that's really awesome for sure because I feel like there's a lot of beauty in even if it's just like you and one other person but um solo meditation versus meditating in a group or with other people is 
I feel like you're channeling even more energy through that process. So whoever is around you, you almost feel this sense of, um, like you said, whatever emotions come up and like people who haven't done this before or don't do it regularly might feel a lot more strongly about their experience than, um, than others. And of course it all really depends on like, you know, your, your, your life in general and what's been going on. So, but I definitely would love to check out one of your classes. I think it's really great that you're doing it. Um, are you hosting them over zoom too? Um, I stopped because of classes being able to be in person, but I'm going to start back up again because the lockdown and the restrictions. So yeah, soon it'll be online. Okay, amazing. So um, if people are looking out for your workshops and classes too, where can they find them as well, just so they know? Yeah, um, just through my Instagram at Sterling Taurus. I'll have everything, any announcement on there. It's S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G-T-O-R-R-E-S-S. Amazing. Okay, awesome. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is something I've seen in your bio for a little while, the wavy cell. And um, I know you have some plans regarding this this brand, right? So do you want to just kind of share a little bit about this endeavor and what your plans are for this? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, just I'll keep it brief because I'm realizing how much of the process is to do something like this. So the wavy self is um, going to be my merch, my merchandise line. Um, just based on telling a story about what I believe in and how I believe we should live our life. And the wavy self is a great depiction of that. The wavy self is, serves as a, a reminder to be in a state of flow always. And whenever you come across a situation that doesn't feel like it was planned or brings a reaction out of you, just maintain your wavy self and move on and flow through. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So how did, how did this idea come to you? Like, did it come through meditation or? Actually, yes. It was during <laughs> one of meditations. Yeah, I was meditating and I was like, I, you know, when I go into my meditations, especially when you've done it for so long, you start to uh, realize when you have this empty space, you can start to bring in your creativity because when we're mindful is when we can, we can get the most creative. So I started to think like, how can I tell a story, like be an art, artist in this in this type of realm and merch and merch in the merchandise line. That's so crazy to even say it loud. Um, yeah, so I want to be able to tell stories, but also be able to use like t-shirts as a reminder of uh, if people were to we read your shirt or whatever that you were wearing on the back, it would say something that would be like, oh, that's such a great way to look at life. And then they can go on about their day and have a better, uh, a better understanding. So a daily reminder, not only for yourself, but even for strangers or like people you encounter. Yeah. Taking that little message and applying it to their daily life or even just kind of pondering on it. Yeah. That's really cool. It's a, a really cool way to apply. Um, I feel like everything that you've been doing and um, just like, again, going back to that alignment and that like soul's calling and the universe just kind of like popping an idea into your head one day being like, I feel like you need to do this. <laughs> sometimes I feel like those ideas just come, like you said, when you're in your most creative element, but when you're also making space, because yeah. you find it's hard to stay creative or to continue being in that creative mindset when you're just nonstop chaotic in your mind or like there's too much stress in your life. It's harder to get in that place, right? Yeah. I mean, especially being on social media too, like it's just 
really tricky when you have so many of your girlfriends or you know guy friends who are doing kind of similar things you know and um, everybody's like on the same wavelength when I thought about the wavy self I was like starting to post on it and then I started to realize like other girlfriends of mine are also coming out with merch and I was like oh we're all on the same wavelength that's yeah so it gets tricky because you start to think like oh this is this is a, a something that I really want to like uh, spend time on and based on my like childhood trauma that I, I bring it up a lot because I'm dealing with it right now and I'm um, healing through it so um, it shows me how much of my self like low self-worth I was carrying on and being on social media is like a um, a huge checkpoint for that so it definitely it definitely gets tricky but you just have to know what to do so that you can always stay in your self-worth for sure and I think because you touched on social media in general do you think sometimes this takes a toll on your mental health when you're too heavily involved with what's going on in the media world in general yeah I mean I see certain things coming up I'm sure you've seen certain things come up too and I just I I yeah I check myself in all the time and before it wasn't as like chaotic because I didn't have such a large following and it was just really nice to be intimate with people um and then as as you know you grow a following and stuff it just it does yeah you really have to set boundaries and for me, I stopped looking, I stopped consuming so much. And that's when I started to feel more creative was when I stopped uh, looking into people's lives and, you know, taking a dive into their emotional um, experience. So especially now um, I'm going on a phone detox, I think after this phone call and I'm oh. just shutting off my phone. Yeah. Wow. I'm happy to be the last person you talked to before <laughs> that. <laughs> Same. This is nice. That's awesome. So what would your advice be then to people? Because I feel like this really is a topic that is underlying to a lot of issues just in, in the world in general is that, and I, I don't know if you've seen the social dilemma, but I feel like after watching mm. that, it was like, my mind really started to go to this place of like, social media is so great because we're able to connect with so many people, but at the same time, it puts us in a spot where we're always comparing and judging and like you said worrying so much about other people's lives instead of our own and it's so easy to get consumed in that so what would your advice be just like you know daily habits or things to do for people who are getting a little bit overwhelmed with the social world and don't know how to handle that yeah yeah okay so I'm like a I'm like an extremist so what I would do <laughs> is if you if you feel like you're at all going into this like toxic addiction with your phone shut it off like the power that you gain back from turning off your phone and putting it in a drawer and going waiting until you get that glimpse of like oh let me grab my phone wait until that moment happens and then you can really start to see your habits of grabbing your phone so like if you're going through something right now just shut it off and put it away just for like just for five hours just for five hours nothing happens the world won't crash down in five hours um, what I tend to do is I just tell my the important people in my life like hey I'm shutting off my phone don't hit me up and then I just put it away and then I won't touch it for days and that that is so that's so empowering to me to just do that instead of instead of doing that as an alternative let's say that you're a really busy person I would say don't touch your phone for the first two hours of the day and then don't touch your phone for the last two hours every day uh, okay so that reset can happen um, mm. at the end of your day and then in the beginning of the day you're not starting off where you're like throwing yourself into the wolves basically yeah yeah that's a good practice I feel like there's a few people I've talked to 
um, in the coaching industry as well that believe that you should not be on your phone or any electronic device close to bedtime and as well like right when you wake up in the morning because that just sets our mind up to be wired that way the rest of the day yeah and also because when you're going to sleep and you're trying to sleep right after watching tv the blu-rays will not let you go to sleep for at least another three uh, 30 30 minutes to an hour yeah Um, i feel like even just um wearing like those filtering glasses nowadays like for me myself i wear them all the time because that those like those rays that hit our eyes and then you're just feeling like your eyes are just wired when you're trying to like close your eyes and go to sleep it's just not a good feeling just even thinking about it like my my head will start to hurt from watching or from looking at my computer too much like I can't even continue on with my work for sure so definitely taking time to unplug um self-care maybe is something super important I feel like we do so many things that we feel like we need to do and we never kind of insert those moments where we're like we need to do something for ourselves too yes oh I feel like I have to mention this I've been doing this I've been doing this recently to myself and it's been helping so much if you're going through something with social media or like self-worth and something's being challenged within you I'm not even kidding if you're driving look at yourself in the rearview mirror and hype yourself up like tell yourself the things that you would want someone else to tell you when you're feeling in that low self-worth like I did that to myself the other day I was like yelling at myself. I was like, you're a badass bitch. There's no need for you to feel this way. <laughs> I love I that. Walked, I walked out of my car and I felt so good. That's amazing. So like being your own like hype person and like hyping yourself up through situations. Because yeah. I feel like it's so easy to just get in that mindset where you believe, you know, things that you hear or you start to kind of judge yourself or compare yourself to others. And then there's just like this cycle. And it's like never ending. You almost like keep going deeper and deeper. Yeah. And then it's getting engraved the more you don't attend to it. Yeah, exactly. So I guess being self-aware and going back to mindfulness, I feel like overall, even when we're having those rough times or those times where we know we're being too critical or we know we're comparing ourselves or maybe we're judging other people too, because Mm. sometimes I get in that mindset and I'm like, whoa, 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 like, I'm doing this thing where I'm judging and it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, but no matter the case, like I feel like just removing that or even just like being aware of that and then just taking a step back is probably the number one thing because when you're not aware of it, it's just going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much true. So I'm glad we kind of had this conversation regarding mindfulness and meditation and just like manifesting as well. I feel like it's such a, I want to say like a a term that's used like way too frequently and sometimes like without intention as well. I agree. Just getting to the root of these ideas and knowing that, no, it's not just a commercial thing. Like these are actually practices that are sacred to people and finding that inner reflection, spirituality in general is just so guided by this. Like whatever your spirituality is, I feel like it's so important to incorporate these practices into it yeah even if you're like if you don't believe in anything just having these practices is why wouldn't you do it you know Mm -hmm. this is like teaching you how to live in your most biggest self-worth like I want to say highest self but I feel like that one's also used yeah um, too much you know like it's watered down like the meaning of it is 
people don't know the meaning of it they just like say the meaning of it like they just say the words and say what has been regurgitated so yeah I agree like even if you're not even if you're not spiritual doing something that's going to put you that's going to help you feel at your best potential like why wouldn't you do it yeah like when there's really no negatives to doing it other than like oh you have to maybe wake up 10 minutes or 20 minutes earlier in order to incorporate that practice maybe if you're doing it in the morning you know there's there's so many ways that you can incorporate it just very simply in the beginning that will start to make an impact in your life and chances are when you start like most people i've talked to who've started meditation or at least like dabbled in it none of them have told me like oh my god i hated it yeah <laughs> I've never heard somebody say that exactly it's yeah. like an instant understanding that this is going to be a practice that will change your life yeah sure. and it's proven it's science it's now it's just science like there's proof that this is good for you for sure and it's nice to hear that people who are very popular within social media someone like yourself that's incorporating these practices on a daily basis you know it also lends itself to abundance like we do these things because we care for ourselves we put in that time to reflect and do the inner work like you said you know when we're working through trauma when we're working through anxiety it's just something that helps us become our most authentic self i feel like i want to say because then you can do what you need to do and share that with the world then you can be sterling towards and you can inspire us and you can be that authentic person that we look up to right yeah. so for other people i want that too i want every single person to feel like they don't need to be somebody else and that they can be themselves and you don't have to be this like toxic positive person to get what you want in life like you have to go through the healing process and yeah like right now going through my healing process it's been super difficult and i've started doing it when we were moving so it was like the worst timing <laughs> but yeah i've been crying like every single day <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but, but it, like the timing is never right you just have to go through it so true yeah it's beautiful it's painful but it's beautiful healing is painful yeah with that pain and we're being able to release whatever you're holding on to it just makes space for the new and for new thoughts to happen and better practices in your life so i'm sure you know whatever you're going through it will it will pass and you'll be able to let go of it right because that's so so important and i'm glad you're doing that work because often we just push it down and we just we fight the universe and we say no now is not a good time now is not a good time yeah like you're like i i hate this like why did they do this today and then you're like oh wait that's why after you're done crying like oh yeah that's why cuz that feels i feel so much better now no yeah i mean the healing the healing that i've been doing has been super good like i've already felt like i've never felt so much in my worth as ever in my life until i started doing this work that's amazing that's really awesome to hear and did it stem from your mindfulness practices and your meditation is that where you started coming to light with yeah. what you needed to address yeah i i started doing it through my 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 meditations but then i started uh doing this hypnosis work and um it basically takes you takes you through like your subconscious and it helps you figure out where your um your conditioning came from and obviously it all kind of started from like your childhood ages from 0 to 7 years old maybe up to like 14 years old so um like if anybody if anybody's listening and you've gone through like a a pretty rough like childhood 
then yeah, you, I mean, anybody actually who's gone through anything, um, this is the type of healing that you would want to do. It's like really intense, really, really fast, like 10 years worth of therapy kind of work. So it's a lot, it's really intense, but um, yeah, it's been really good so far. That's awesome. I'm glad you're finding healing and that this practice has been helping you. I've actually heard of a few people um, trying hypnosis work. I've heard it brings you into your subconscious. And then, I mean, I'm like a total, like, I just love anything to do with magic and like past lives. And I've heard of some people who do hypnosis therapy who actually like go into past lives and mm. figure out like their preconditioning or like their genetic conditioning as well through hypnosis work, right? Mm. So that's really, really cool that you say you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hypnosis I'm doing it through, um, it's my one of my therapists. So she, she they basically walk you through um, just like anything that can pop up, like just simple traumas, not simple, but like just like the obvious traumas. And then you'll go into the hypnosis and you'll walk through the actual trauma. Like you'll walk through the whole situation again. Like you're re you're reliving it, but also implementing your higher self worth or like guiding yourself or um, envisioning your highest self parents guiding you through that situation and you're basically re-experiencing your traumas but um, implementing the positivity in it. Ah, okay. So finding that healing with those particular circumstances that you found yourself in so long yeah. ago. And then it also just goes into anything that you've learned, you know, like let's say that you're, you grew up with your mom um, looking at yourself in the mirror a lot and criticizing yourself and then let's say that you do that now but you you don't think that that's something that is affecting you um and yeah it's just simple simple things like anything that you learned when you were a little so you can wow. basically rewire your entire subconscious and then that would put you put you in your highest self-worth and then that would put you in your biggest manifestation powers wow that's amazing and again i think it goes back to just being able to live in the present moment and actually being able to fulfill your purpose because whenever there's something like holding us back or we feel like we're just not able to be the best version of ourselves then we can't do the work that's necessary and I think that you doing this and going through this is only going to further assist the people around you too because then that positive influence that you've been receiving from this practice and this healing work is just going to transfer on to your followers and your students and you know, anyone that comes into contact with you. So you're not just doing this for you, you're doing this for, you know, a lot of other people that surround or you're surrounded by, for sure. Yeah, that's Thank really awesome. That. Yeah, no, I, I'm happy for you. And I'm glad that although it's a hard process that you're able to overcome this and that you're, you're doing that work because so many people refuse to do inner work and they just kind of see external issues in their lives and point the finger out everything else but I think the internal work is the most important and this past year has been the best time to do so because mm. when when have we had like a time where we're where our society just stops you know yeah <laughs> like, I know a lot of people just talk so much crap about 2020 and I'm like what are you talking about yeah. like, <laughs> this is like the best year yeah it I mean I know like on the business side of things we always get so concerned about how will the economy be sustainable? And you know, there's so many variables, but when it comes down to just like personal self-reflection, now is the time, you know? And it's not too late if you're watching this and you're like, oh my God, it's almost over. Um, I'm sure this will kind of go into 2021 because I feel like 
this idea and this this light that we're seeing come up i've heard the term light workers a lot recently as well mm-hmm. i feel like this is not going away so if you haven't joined that movement yet where you're you're not doing that you know in inner work and reflection i think now is a great time more than ever to just either journal or like what are practices that you do just to kind of like get that self-reflection going yeah uh journaling self-talk all the time affirmations um also seeing yourself and the people that you communicate with like let's say you have friends and stuff and like like bringing awareness to how you would want to be talked to if they were coming to you or like how you think you can serve your friends by being like a better friend like i feel like i haven't been a great friend you know i feel like i could be better a better friend a better sister a better girlfriend you know mm-hmm. so like using other people because you care about them but also you care about yourself so you want to be able to serve at your highest self so that could be great motivators yeah i think there's like a practice you can do where you're mirroring so like whatever your actions are to someone else like thinking about that in the other person's perspective and making sure that you know you're not projecting whatever's going on with you onto other people mm, yeah so i love that i think that's a great practice and i really thank you for taking the time to just sit down with me and have a very enlightening chat and i hope that whoever's watching this gets a better understanding of who you are and what you're all about and i'm really excited to see this brand come out the way we sell i'm really excited to see you know where you take this and you know your shuffling journey continue progressing as we all do um thank you thank you so much it's really awesome that we were able to have this very personal chat so i yeah, think thank you again for ah, no problem i thank you for opening up and just being your authentic self through this because it's been really nice to hear that side of you right and i think that your followers and just anyone watching this will be interested to know that there's another side behind social media and all we see is that like picture or that video but we never really you know get down to like what we authentically you know are in our visions and our practices so it's really nice to hear that side from you for sure yeah i love that you reached out i think the day that you reached out i was thinking I was like I feel like no one really knows who I am on social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's and so the interesting. Universe was like, the universe was like, okay, send in Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I really want to know what you're all about. So that thing that, you know, that happened. And again, I feel like the universe works in mysterious ways. Like, you know, you'll just have a thought and then something will happen and you'll be like, "Oh, okay." So that's the way it was meant to go down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess I'll leave off with the closing. Where can everyone find you? What are all your social channels? That way they um, can follow you and make sure they're keeping up with whatever you're doing. Yes. Um, you guys can find me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube all under Sterling Taurus. Sterling Taurus um everything and I think on yeah, YouTube so yeah. Yep, that's it and you'll find all my announcements on all those social media pages. Amazing. Well, thank you again for taking the time and I wish you an amazing day and an amazing yes rest of your 2020 cuz I feel like it's going by so quick. It's going to be so quick one like tomorrow. So, again, <laughs> thanks so much and take care. Yeah, bye Sabrina. Bye, bye.